0: X29 podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Metters. Hey, X29 season three of the podcast will launch next week with new content, new guest interviews, and more. And some of these episodes are super practical. It's questions we hear from you all the time. Uh, Who should be our next hire in our church plant? Well, how do we install, equip and identify and train elders? Uh, What do lay elders do? And why does eschatology and theology matter for our church plants? These are all great questions that are all a part of us making disciples and planting healthy missional churches. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the next season. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. And I hope this next season is a blessing to you. And I look forward, hopefully, to seeing you in Denver, October 3rd through 5th at our North American Conference.
1: Grace and peace. My name is Tyler St. Clair, lead pastor of cornerstone church detroit in the beautiful city of detroit michigan and i want to take you back a few years i want to take you back to 2014 uh, i was in the process of church planting in my neighborhood of northwest detroit we were building our team we were having monthly worship services and i was cautiously optimistic heading into resurrection sunday and then the bottom completely fell out for the second time this was my second time attempting to plant a church in my neighborhood. After a week of pneumonia and a sinus infection and pink eye, I didn't know you can get all those things at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I arrived to our, our, our makeshift gym for setup, thinking I was going to open up the building for my team, and there was no team. No one was there. When I say no one, this isn't black preacher hyperbole. <laughs> This was literally no one other than me in a runny nose, coughing and hacking, unloading a truck in the snow. It snows in April in Detroit. (laughs) Loading up the the building, putting the seats out. And then I had to go back home and pick up my family. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that my uh, person who was leading worship for me had a bit of a rough night. And I was leading worship that Sunday as well. So, after setting up the space, running the service, leading worship very feebly with some tracks, and preaching 10 minutes, hacking and coughing, I knew it was a wrap. This was my second time, and 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 I pulled the plug. I told people that Sunday, I, this isn't going to work. This was the second time. I was devastated. I felt like my dream was dead. I, I felt like... God was calling me, but also playing Marco Polo. After that service, I insisted that my wife and my family go visit my in laws without me so I can have my pity party alone. I went to two drive thru's, <laughs> spent a lot of money on food. I'm a comfort eater. Pray for that. I went home and I sat in my chair. This was my, my my first Kings 19, Elijah sitting under the tree moment. I was mad at God. I was frustrated with ministry. I wanted to quit. I was physically wiped out. I was hurt. I was lonely. In that moment, I felt like no one else knew the pain I was experiencing. I, I felt like no one cared. I felt like God did not care. But just like Elijah in First Kings nineteen, the Lord came and ministered to me at my lowest. I want to talk about avoiding isolation in urban ministry in twenty twenty two. With without being mystical, without being uh, hyperbolic, I believe we are at a, a tipping point in regards to pastoral leadership in our country. Our country is fractured racially, culturally. Socially, politically, we are on the brink of financial implosion. Approximately 59 millennials who grew up in church have left, and one-third of them don't identify with any religion at all. Today, mass shootings, hate crimes, domestic terrorism are common now, and we aren't even shocked anymore. In 2022, widespread acceptance of pluralism, relativism, and the acceptance of non-traditional sexual identities and practices are celebrated. In black and brown communities, we're seeing the rise of ethnic identity cults, African mysticism, atheism, and secularism. Oh, and by the way, we are pastoring and leading through a global pandemic that won't seem to go away. These are unprecedented times to be a pastor, especially in the urban context. Listen to this statement from a recent Barna uh, Institute article. Data collected uh, indicate that U.S. pastors currently are in crisis and at the risk of burnout. Notably, in 2021 alone, there have been a dramatic increase in the number of pastors who are thinking about quit, who have been thinking about quitting ministry entirely. Thirty-eight percent of pastors polled indicates consider they consider quitting full-time ministry within the past year. Anybody else felt like throwing in the towel? trying to figure out how to worship online, trying to figure out how to shepherd people, trying to pastor and navigate through crisis and deal with your own emotional uh, health at the same time, Mm. along with dealing with nonstop problems, death, criticism, betrayal, Mm. crisis on the daily basis. Pastors deal with extreme loneliness and isolation. In an article, uh, Seven Secret Pains, of um, pastors, Philip Wagner says, 70% of pastors consider themselves not to have one close friend. Inner city pastors uh, experience this to a greater degree. Unlike our suburban counterparts, we lack staff, we lack, lack support, we lack time, financial resources, and we have increased Demands. Despite being married 18 years, having five children, yes, I said five, Mm -hmm. many friends, colleagues, brothers and sisters in Christ, I've experienced great loneliness during my time in pastoral ministry. I've had seasons where I felt like the distance between me and everyone else was like the east and the west. I felt loneliness, and this loneliness has often led to Great sadness and depression. But by God's grace, I've made some adjustments. I've, I've sought help. I've repented of being self-sufficient. And I've seen God move in my life. So how do we pastor in the inner city? How, how do we pastor amongst the forgotten and the left behind and not deal with great isolation? First thing is we have to learn to grieve well. We have to learn to grieve well. Very often in inner city, pastors are bivocational, overwhelmed, and stressed, and we think that we have to go nonstop. We're running on adrenaline and, and living constantly in survival mode. You are pastoring in survival mode. And then we often find ourselves living on an island I know you've been there attempting to juggle family, juggle ministry, juggle the concerns of other people, be engaged, be a good father. Be a good, you're juggling all these things and you unconsciously drift into isolation or even some intentionally distance themselves from others. You don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. And we find ourselves separated in the inner city We do more funerals than weddings. We experience death, sickness on a weekly basis. Our job is more akin to a first responder than a religious leader often. I've personally noticed that, that I've drifted into loneliness very often because I did not stop to grieve the losses that I was experiencing. Constant loss. Someone come, you pour into them, you disciple them, you get them into rehab, you, you get, and, and then, they, and then they, they go, they leave, they die, they OD, they go somewhere else. We must learn to mourn and to grieve well if we're going to have sustained pastoral ministry. Grieving is the process of acknowledging your pain, acknowledging the pain that you feel and giving it to God. Grief acknowledges that you're feeling pain and and you acknowledge the new dynamics that come after the loss and it draws you closer to the Savior for healing. Grieving well is a grace from God and it gives you longevity in pastoral ministry. You can't keep running. You can't keep running from the pain. Mm -hmm. Secondly, You must learn to build a healthy ministry team. So many pastors in the inner city end up lonely and isolating themselves because they think that they're a solo act and not an orchestra conductor. We are orchestra conductors. We are not solo acts. We're called to build healthy teams, healthy families of faith. One of the greatest things I learned from a church planning residency with fellowship associates is the uh, importance of a team approach. We are called to build a healthy team. Acts 13, we see that Paul didn't go out solo dolo. Paul went out with the team with the blessing of the team. Acts 15, we see Paul is rolling with Timothy, Luke, and others traveling along with him. Paul was not a solo act. Paul built a healthy ministry team. These weren't lackeys. These were men carrying the ministry burden with him. Brothers, this is so important. If you build a a, a pastor-dependent model, everyone depends on you. You have to visit everyone. You have to pray for everyone. You have to counsel everyone. You will crumble Mm. in the hood. We have to realize that there's always going to be great need. There's always going to be great need, but we have to build a healthy team from day one. Secondly, we must learn to invest in life-giving relationships, life-giving relationships outside of our church. So many struggle with loneliness because they don't have deep, life-giving relationships with brothers, with men, that they can bear their souls with outside of their church. Many pastors think that they are uh, living in community, walking in community because they're part of a group in their church. You have to have men that you can be honest with, You have to be men that can hear you say, I want to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. And say, hey man, let me pray for you and I'll check in with you next week. You say that to somebody in your church. (laughs) They might be looking, start looking for your replacement. But if we are honest we 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 have to have these relationships because we deal with great trauma, great struggles. And and if and if we have these if we only have these relationships with brothers and sisters in our church, we 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 find ourselves always in shepherd mode. But we need to be we need to be sheep as well. We need people who can shepherd our souls. Pastor, you need a band of brothers you can cry with, grieve with, process with and laugh with. In this grind of ministry, you need to invest. You need to stop and invest in these life-giving relationships if you're going to do this for the long haul. Lastly, we have to learn to run to Jesus. We have to learn to run to the good shepherd. The pain of pastoral ministry sometimes is unbearable. And my proclivity, my propensity is to run in the wrong direction. I'm that sheep that runs to comfort at times instead of running to the Savior. I want instant relief, so I'll run to comfort instead of running to the Savior. I don't think I'm alone with that but we need to run to the cross. Brothers, if we are going to cross that finish line and hear, well done, we must turn to the good shepherd when we are hurting, when we're dealing with doubt, when we want to quit, we need to run to Jesus. We don't have to suffer alone because Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Jesus is the man of sorrows. Jesus is our good shepherd. Our pain is great, but our Savior is is even greater. Run to Jesus.